Welcome to the PSRB Lawcast from the offices of Pellegrini, Seeley, Ryan, and Blakesley. I'm your host, Adam Wright. Each episode, we bring you information about the various aspects of personal injury law. And we understand approaching a law firm to help you can often be intimidating. And that's why this podcast is designed to make personal injury law a little bit easier to understand and to help you navigate the processes with greater comfort. Now, remember, every case is different. And in order for us to provide you with accurate information and advice relevant to your specific circumstance, it's important to set up an appointment with one of our attorneys to meet in person. And the information presented today is for general information purposes only. Today, we're going to be discussing a critical component of personal injury law, the independent medical exam, or IME. And to do it, we welcome once again to our studios to help break it down for us, PSRB's managing partner, Charlie Cassertello. Hey, Charlie. Hi, Adam. So our goal today is to gain a better understanding of the role and implications of an independent medical exam in legal cases and how to navigate them successfully. And I guess it's probably best to start with what is an independent medical exam and why would it be necessary in a legal case? Well, this is a really important topic, Adam, so I'm glad that you put it on the list. Um, An independent medical examination is typically an examination done by the opposing party, in most cases an insurance company, to have their expert examine an injured person, a plaintiff in a personal injury case, and then prepare a report that's used in evidence in a trial. And what... um types of cases typically require a, uh, an IME? Uh, any party can use an independent medical examination report as evidence. Uh, typically, you see an IME report in a workers' compensation case, in a personal injury matter, that sort of thing. And this is really just so they can uh, do their due diligence to try to identify what the scope of an injury is and not necessarily take the plaintiff's word for it? Is that basically breaking it down? Yeah, I would say um, it's generous to say that it's the insurance company's due diligence. I look at it, and I'm a partisan, I look at it as the insurance company's opportunity to to prepare evidence to support their contentions in a case. So it could be an adversarial It's always adversarial. Yeah. It it is... uh, The word independent, I think, throws people. The word independent, uh, as I use it in that phrase, is independent of the doctor-patient relationship. So uh, an examinee, a person uh, that goes to an independent medical examination, should not look at that doctor as his or her own health care provider. In fact, the word independent means that the person has no duty as, uh, as a healthcare provider to that examinee. That person is, the IME is paid by someone, not the examinee. Right. The insurance company, the defense lawyer, sometimes plaintiff's lawyers do independent medical examinations, and that party pays. It's really a very subjective opinion of the examiner, I would think. Well, the exam- typically, the way an independent medical examination goes is, first, the doctor assures the examinee that this is not medical treatment. 
some doctors, some IME doctors, ask the examinee to sign something that acknowledges there is no doctor-patient relationship. Second, the examiners provided um, with medical information by the insurance company. So whether that's selective or complete is really up to the insurance company or whoever is whoever has engaged the IME doctor. Then there's a clinical examination, which is oftentimes brief and cursory. And then there's a report produced for the insurance company. And the report usually addresses very specific questions posed by the insurance company. And again, I can't overemphasize this. Usually the report of the independent medical examiner is being obtained for evidence in the case. And the evidence in the case is for the insurance company, not the injured worker. So not to put uh, too fine a point on it, but it sounds like oftentimes the results that an IME gets are are diametrically opposed or very different than the results of the patient's attending physician. That's often the case. Yeah. And when we see a report from an independent medical examiner that's going to be used as evidence against our client, it's almost always the case, at least with regard to one or another of the issues in dispute. So it's really a subjective opinion. And I suppose all, to some extent, all medical you know, advice or uh, diagnoses can be subjective to one extent or another. But this sounds like it's, I don't want to say purposefully. No, it's, I think subjective. it's point of view. It's um, it's what end of the telescope the doctor's looking through. Um, usually, the issues that are being considered by an independent medical examiner are what's the diagnosis of the, the patient's condition, the injured worker or the plaintiff's uh, condition? How is it related to an incident that's in play between the parties? Uh what is the extent of disability of the injured worker or the plaintiff? And what's the nature of the medical treatment being suggested? And, and is that necessary, reasonable, and related to the incident in question? Those are the, that's the range of, of topics that an independent medical examiner covers. And it's often the case that an IME doctor will disagree with the treating doctor of the injured worker or the plaintiff. Yeah. Should should uh, any documentation or records be provided to the IME physician before the examination? Do they want to see the past treatment records or do you try to keep those separate? Um, usually, uh, the independent medical examiner is furnished with medical records that the insurance company or their counsel um, wants them to see. And I, my own personal practice is not to get involved in that at all because I view the independent medical examination as purely the um, opponent's opportunity. And I usually view that there's nothing that my client can do or information that can be provided that's going to change the outcome. How do you prepare a client? Or an IME, it must be a very, I mean, they must be very nervous, the client. Yes. Or very concerned at that point. And um, how, how do you prepare them going into that? What do you tell them to do? The first thing that I, I, that I tell my client is that the independent medical examination is not a second opinion. Uh, 
and it is not uh, being done to help my client with their medical treatment. Uh, I explain that the word independent does not mean neutral. It doesn't mean uh, unbiased. What it means is that this doctor is independent of the doctor-patient relationship. So this doctor has no duty to my client. Mm. In fact, the doctor is retained expert of the of, of the opposing party, the insurance company, or the defendant. So that's the first thing I do is make sure that my client is aware of the role of the independent medical examiner. The second thing that I do is explain kind of what happens in the in, in, generally in an IME. I explain that this is not typically this extensive clinical examination and a thorough. Uh, medical uh, rundown. It's very often a brief cursory physical examination. And the IME doctor typically relies upon information furnished to him or her by the insurance company. And then there's a written report. I then uh, explain to my client that it's extremely important that they answer questions um, candidly and that in the physical examination that they behave um, appropriately, that that there's no need to uh, exaggerate or embellish. Or obfuscate. Or exactly, or right. there's no need to get into uh, a, dis- a d- debate or a dispute with the IME doctor to act. I ask my client to act professionally with courtesy, uh, respectfully answer questions, and understand that this is the insurance company's opportunity to develop medical evidence, that we're going to rely on our medical evidence. Our medical evidence is the most important um, in proving our, ca- improving our case. So what happens if, if, if the insurance company's IME comes back with a finding that is in complete contrast or even slightly contradicts what your uh, client's physician has described in their reports. How does that get adjudicated? Is that something then that the judge decides between, or is there then a third? uh, Can the judge recommend a third uh, examination? How how does that, how does that um, get resolved? How do those discrepancies get resolved? Well, it depends on the nature of the case Um, in a workers' compensation matter. An independent medical examiner's report is often used as evidence, and at a conference level, the the administrative judge will decide whether to adopt all or part of the IME doctor's opinion or all or part of the treating doctor's opinions from whether from reports or medical records and so forth. And of course, the judge makes that determination based on an evaluation of the logic of the doctor and the, com- the, the completeness of the report. Um, sometimes often uh, what um, role the physician has, if they're an IME doctor, I think often a judge understands that that's a hired gun, a paid expert. And I, I suppose a, a judge can look at the injured worker's doctor in the same way. So the judge's role is to determine how much uh, of any opinion to adopt, what weight to give it, uh, how reliable it is. But if it's a personal injury case that's pending in a court, if it's um, a, a case that a jury ultimately decides, 
then the medical evidence, um, if it's admissible, is subject to the jury's consideration and they adopt it in whole or in part. They can choose what – they're the finder of fact. They choose what to, uh, to accept or not. And in a trial like that, uh, do you have the opportunity to depose that uh, IME physician and or uh, question them in front of the jury and, and gain testimony from them? Yes. Yeah, either party. Right. Um, the oftentimes the uh, the insurance company or the defend or the defendant will put the independent medical examiner on as their expert, and then the plaintiff gets to cross examine. If the plaintiff called the independent medical examiner, um, then the the plaintiff could examine that doctor and 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 obtain uh, information to discredit that doctor. Um, the, in our state, in the rules of evidence allow the admission of certain kinds of doc- documentary evidence. And so then one side or the other has the right to cross-examine that witness. Just you would as, as you would any other witness. Yeah. Yeah. For experts, however, there are cost considerations. So it's not as though it's a fact witness being subpoenaed to testify. If you are going to have an expert testify, you have to retain that expert or you have to pay for that expert to come and give testimony. So you don't, you potentially would have to pay for an expert to refute their expert. Or you may have to pay their expert if you want to cross-examine their expert. Really? Yeah. So even though that they are originally presented by the defense, you would have to pay them if you want to cross-examine them. If the insurance company chose to admit the report of an expert um, on its own and proceed properly, procedurally, then one possibility for the plaintiff is to depose that doctor or have them testify at trial, but there's a cost to that. Mm. Similarly, if you bring your own expert to testify at trial, um, you 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 retain that expert. You're paying that expert. It's not a lay person. It's a it's a person that that has specific um, experience credentials that is typically being um, asked to testify because the subject matter is beyond the comprehension of a regular person. So they're aiding in the process of fact-finding. They're helping the fact-finder, the jury, or the judge. A little bit off topic, you know, as we talk about about physicians testifying uh, in court or presenting information that will be used in court, you know, oftentimes I see if I'm, uh, if I'm looking for a physician for myself and I'm online and I'm, I'm searching a specific specialty, and if you get into a questionnaire or you get into um, – deep into their website where you're answering questions in order to see if this is the correct physician. Um, it'll often say, is this a worker's compensation case? Why is that? Why are they concerned for, from a physician standpoint about taking a worker's compensation case? Well, I've had experience uh, with both uh, worker's compensation and motor vehicle accident cases uh, when a physician would not accept uh, a patient uh, under those circumstances. And on the workers' compensation side, it could be a variety of things. One of uh, those things is rates because a doctor who provides care to an injured worker has rates that are regulated by the Department of Industrial Accidents uh, rates mm-hmm. structure. Um, 
But in addition to that, uh, and those rates, by the way, can be negotiated between the insurance company and the doctor if if the insurance company chooses to do that. And sometimes they do because they want the best medical care and they want um, uh, they they're looking for expediency. If you get good care to a person, you get that patient back to work quicker. So it makes sense business-wise. Uh, but the other thing that can be um, an impediment is that some physicians um, view that dealing with workers' compensation or motor vehicle accident claims creates more administrative burden. And then lastly, some doctors don't want to be involved in uh, dealing with disputed issues of causation, disability, need for medical t- care because it, you know, they have to write reports or they have to respond to inquiries. There's a whole range of things that are not part of what a physician signs on to do when they're trained and 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 when they are, uh, um, become yeah. engaged in practice, even special. Well, I guess that that would that would bring it back to our IME discussion because I'm sure a lot of them don't want to have their challenge their their findings challenged and then have to potentially be called as a as a witness to defend their level of care or their or their uh, diagnoses. I expect that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and not that a treating doctor should have to worry about what some IME doctor says, but it's a concern. It's another level of um, <sighs> complication that a treating doctor just isn't interested in, I would, I would suggest, isn't interested in having. Yeah. Because oftentimes there are uh, disputes in terms of findings from an IME, how can a, an attorney challenge the findings of a report if necessary? And, and what are the types of challenges an attorney can make? Like any other evidence, it's number one, analysis and comparison of what you see in the IME report and perhaps what the examinee, your client, actually experienced. So uh, I have had occasions when examinees tell me that um, no clinical examination was performed, yet there's a litany of findings in the report that suggest certain things one way or another. Um, Completeness of the medical records on which the uh, IME relied is another point of uh, analysis. So I guess uh, what we do is look at the report and determine whether there are vulnerabilities, where it isn't consistent with the treating doctor's opinions, why some rationale is adopted by the IME doctor, um, that sort of thing. And and we attack the report uh, when it's being presented by the other side to a judge. Uh, we look at um, the, the, the fact that our doctor has a history with a patient and a series of, in, of interactions with a patient and the review of medical information in a certain way that gives our um, clients treating doctor um, more of um, a foundation upon which to make the, uh, the the findings and opinions rather than a five-minute IME doctor's uh, evaluation. Yeah. In terms of, of an appointment with an IME, is there flexibility in setting up an appointment or or typically do they do the does the patient have to just show up when they tell them to show up where they tell them to show up and is it is it sometimes uh, burdensome for a patient to have an IME exam it can be burdensome uh, because you uh, in workers compensation for example 
I cannot demand that my client be seen within 25 miles of his or her home. Um, a client can be made to travel throughout the state to see a particular examiner that the insurance company requests, mm-hmm. even over straight state lines. Um, however, most insurance companies, as long as there's advance notice, will allow for some change in schedule if there are uh, circumstances that warrant it. Child care, for example, um, pre, preset you know, schedule conflicts, that kind right. of thing. All right. Well, this has been incredibly interesting and I think very informative and important information uh, for anybody that's injured. And as always, we say, uh, you know, if you have questions, give our offices a call. There's never a charge to consult with one of our attorneys, and we'd be happy to walk you through any process or any questions that you may have. Charlie Castro Tallow, Managing Partner of PSRB. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam.